0: Hey, hey, welcome back once again to another episode of Finding Freedom right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast network. Excited to bring you guys another solo episode this week. Back to back solo episodes. I don't know what's gotten into me. I- I'm really not sure. Um, love doing the, the interviews, but uh, also at the same time, I really, lately at least, I have enjoyed... Um, Digging into some topics, of course, last week, um, I talked about um, the difference, the very important distinction between folic acid and folate, and uh, why folic acid is very harmful, potentially very harmful for as much as 60% of the population, and the FDA just happens to be spraying our grain crops with folic acid. Since 1998, it's been mandated for um, or for non-organic uh, grain crops. So uh, if you missed that episode, go back and check it out. I got a lot of uh, great people um, reaching out to me, giving uh, some good feedback on the episode. Um, so I do appreciate that. And if for some reason I haven't gotten back to you um, yet, I, I will um, as soon as I possibly can. Um, it's been just an insane uh, last couple days for me here. Um, those of you who follow me on on Facebook might have seen it. I don't. I don't think I posted it on Instagram or Twitter, but uh, I think I've talked about it before on uh, on this show. But uh, the house where um, we live has a water main mainline mainline water main um, owned by Pennsylvania American Water. That runs right in front of our property, and the way that our property is uh, is situated, um, there's a bit of a grade that goes up from um, the the front corner of our property up until uh, the neighbor's uh, front corner of their property, and that is where the water main runs. And um, since we moved into this house in 2012. Um, We've had, and this is not an exaggeration. It's probably an underestimate, honestly. Um, I could go back and, you know, look at the pictures and videos I've taken over the years and count, which would take a lot of time that I don't have, but we've had at least 20 breaks on that line. And the front, the frontage, the road frontage of our property is not, I mean, is not massive or anything. It's, It's a normal, normal house. I mean we have a decent sized lot, but it's nothing crazy. And, uh, it's just an old line. And I think because it like, it turns and then goes up into our, you know, cul-de-sac through our front yard, something about where, you know, having to, you know, start to, to, uh, uh, pump and up, up that hill a little bit, that, 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 uh, that hillside that the water has to be um, pushed up. I guess it's makes it more prone to, to breaks in that area. I, I have no idea. It seems like my neighbors on the other side of the street never get any breaks in uh, in their line. Um, It's just always on our side of the street and mostly in uh, in our yard. And that is what happened on Friday morning. That is what I woke up to um, was a knock on the door, which I'm not going to answer the door. Could be a psychopath. Uh, But then getting text messages and phone calls from neighbors saying to look outside that there was a water main break. It was actually underneath my neighbor's driveway up that hill a little bit where it busted and at first i looked and like oh that's not that bad it broke way up there and then i thought oh no that's not good that's gonna come right into our house and sure enough uh went down in the basement and uh it was pouring into our basement pouring into our garage um and we don't have a finished basement so it's not like a huge deal but still you know we have a lot of stuff <laughs> in the basement and you know most of the stuff is in plastic tubs, you know, stacked up, uh, but there, were, you know, there is some stuff that you, you have in, in cardboard boxes that, you know, just whatever, different things that kind of make their way onto the floor and, you know, different bags and whatnot. And some stuff got got wet, more than anything, super annoying and uh, having to move stuff around until uh, until the water company gets there. Freaking water company gets there and you know we have a, fr- a french drain that runs along the front of our house and that french drain was taking a lot of the water not all of the water um because <laughs> the rest was overflowing uh, into our basement and uh in garage but it goes out and goes down to the street and there's like a geyser coming up and freaking uh two guys from the water company pull up and they're just looking at this geyser water shooting up and I'm moving stuff. Um, you know, I have my garage door open. I'm moving stuff around. I would have moved more stuff outside, but it was raining, which is a real pain in the ass. But the guy's like staring at it. And I'm like, that's not the leak, man. That's the runoff for going through my house. Get up there and turn it off. And he's like, oh, that's a lot of water, man. That's a lot of water coming out. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's coming in my basement, man. A little bit of urgency would be nice. He's like, do, "Do you have a sump pump?" What did he think I was illegally routing a sump pump through? I, I have no idea. But the guy was a moron. Finally, went up and uh, you know figured out exactly where it was leaking, which was pretty easy to tell, and uh, and shut off the water. and Then they ripped up my neighbor's driveway and uh, replaced that little piece of the line. And uh, we'll wait for the next break, I guess. So I got to deal with. Uh, Disaster restoration services as they come in, and they were actually pretty good. They came in like pretty quickly, within like two hours. um, You know, brought some big fans in and uh, dehumidifiers, and have have the basement pretty well dried out. But um, luckily, there wasn't as much mud that seemingly came in this time. I'm not exactly sure why. It might be because we've had drier weather. I I really, really don't know. Um, But last time when this happened. A uh, little more than eighteen months ago, it was like freaking an inch of mud in our basement and garage. It was r- horrible uh, to get that cleaned out. Um, They'll have to clean a little bit, do some mopping and stuff, but it shouldn't be shouldn't be that bad. And, and honestly, I, I don't I don't know anything really worth it, any value that was damaged. So uh, I don't know. I'll have to double check everything, but I think uh anything's made of wood down there I was able to get it up off the ground pretty quickly and get it dried out, so I don't think I had any, any damage that way. But <laughs> that was my weekend. Um, surprising that a utility water company and sewage company has a monopoly on providing water and taking sewage would not maintain their infrastructure because there's zero competition. Um, just totally shocking. So I'm, I'm going to spend a, a good chunk of this week set some time aside to Call Pennsylvania American Water and figure out when the heck they're supposed to replace this whole line. Um, last time I talked to them, it was supposed to be 2025. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to keep bothering them until they move that up because it's it's just ridiculous. Like like Why would they want to keep paying money out in insurance? And the other thing is, which there's de- this is definite damage. We got a new sidewalk poured out our front like five or six years ago, which part of that up by the street. Had to be ripped out and replaced right after it was done, like a year later when there's a water main break. But down by our house, where the water um, flows by uh, as it's going in, you know, up against our foundation and in- into the basement, um, it's washing away uh, the underneath of the sidewalk in one spot. And I have a big crack going across my sidewalk. So they're going to replace that. That's going to happen. And uh, I'm not taking no for an answer there because that's their fault. Anyway, moving on to uh, talking about what we're talking about today. And I wanted to talk about inflation. Um, some of you might have seen an article that's been uh, you know, shared around the, uh, the interwebs, an article in The Atlantic titled, Inflation is Your Fault. Subtitle, if people are so mad about high prices, why do they keep buying so many expensive things? I'm going to go through that article. I actually took the risk of subscribing to The Atlantic on a 30-day trial so I could read this article and go through it and dismantle it. There's actually some valid points made in the article, but they miss the greater picture. Of course, they do in two ways, really, um, which which I'll get into. But before I do that, I want to share a tweet from our good friend. And I say friend. Uh, in a joking way, because he's not our friend. It's Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen. And Joe Biden had a tweet on November 30th where he said, let me be clear to any corporation that hasn't brought their prices back down, even as inflation has come down. It is time to stop the price gouging. Let me get a drink of water. Now, obviously, Joe Biden he didn't write this. I don't even think he knows how to type or he doesn't know where he is half the time. This is his campaign team writing it, which makes it even even dumber and, and worse. Um because if Joe Biden wrote wrote this himself about, yeah, Joe Biden, you're an idiot. Everyone knows that, of course. <laughs> of course you don't understand inflation and uh supply and demand and uh you know expansion of the money supply and all of these things. But his campaign team probably does understand that, but they know that a tweet like this there's so many dumb voters in the populace out there that they'll uh, they'll read this and think, oh, that's a pretty good point. Man, the price gouging. Those evil corporations—they just raise those prices up and then they didn't bring them back down. Why didn't they bring those prices back down? Um, but the greatest part about this tweet is the community notes that owned the president. And one of the things that I absolutely love the most of this new Elon Musk Twitter is that they're not afraid to put a community note just showing how dumb this tweet is and, uh, and blowing it up. So um, just fantastic. And the community note says, as long as the inflation rate is positive, prices are increasing. I think that's, that should be common sense, right? Should be common sense, I think. Um, the fact that inflation has come down to 3.2% in October Means that prices are still going up, albeit at a little bit slower rate than before. They go on to you know cite their sources, and uh, you know talk about how the Federal Reserve aims for a target inflation rate of two percent. And it's it's just great. Like the three point two percent, the inflation rate month to month is probably still higher than that. Inflation is totally, totally out of control, man. Um, I don't know. I mean, anyone who's done grocery shopping lady, grocery shopping lady, I don't even know where that came from. It's late at night, been a long weekend. Anyone who has grocery shopped lately, who also might be a lady, maybe you're both. Maybe you've done both. Um, you understand that prices are ridiculous. Uh, we went grocery shopping this uh, today, um, earlier uh, today, Sunday, December 3rd. Went to uh, BJ's Wholesale Club. If you've been to one of those, a uh, pretty good store. Um, we changed from Costco to BJ's a couple years ago because it's so much closer to our house. I still like Costco better, but BJ's is is not the worst, and they got some some pretty good deals and some pretty good uh, pretty good products. But we we did not like go crazy. Like we've gone totally crazy before about like all, all kinds of you know wild stuff that you know will last for years. But, you know, we got the normal stuff. You get your toilet paper, your paper towels, your your water. You get your aluminum foil. You get your uh, uh, shrink wrap. You get, you know, maybe we love cheese. We got a bunch of different kinds of cheese. You get yogurt, your eggs, your, I don't know, a a bunch of um, cooking oil, you know, avocado oil, things like that. A bunch of stuff like that. And it wasn't much more. There was, we we did get some ribs too. I'm um, going to do this on, this on the smoker later this month, but it wasn't like totally overboard. And it was freaking $315, $315. And uh, it's, it's, it's out of hand. And uh, the people at the Atlantic, um, Annie Lowry, to be more specific, the author of this piece thinks it's my fault, thinks it's your fault. So, I'm going to read through this. I might skip some parts. Um, I don't want this to take the entire show, although it might, um, because I don't have a ton of time. But um, I'll read some. I'll pause. I'll comment. And that's how we'll do it. So uh, let's start it out. So you would think, with prices as high as they are, that Americans would have tempered their enthusiasm for shopping of late. That would have pulled back spending on luxury items. That they would have sought out budget. And basic options bought smaller packages, fewer things. This is not what has happened. Consumer spending rose 0.2% after accounting for higher prices in October, the most recent month for which the government has data. Online shopping jumped 7.8% over the Thanksgiving long weekend. More analysts have anticipated. More than analysts have anticipated. I can't read. The sales of new cars, dishwashers, cruise vacations, jewelry, all things people tend to give up when they're watching their budget remain strong. I think she can write. This is like ch- very choppy writing style. Um, consultants keep anticipating a recession precipitated by the death of the consumer, in quotes. Thus far, the consumer is staying alive. So let's let's just pause right there. So this is going, she's talking about the consumer spending data from October, rose 0.2%. Two point two percent. I don't have a reference for that, but that, that sounds like nothing, um, especially coming into the holiday season. Um, uh, you would expect to go up more than that, I would think. And then online shopping jumping 7.8% over the Thanksgiving long weekend. Is that really more than experts anticipated? That seems low. That seems very low. I would expect it to be much higher. And then getting into the sales of new cars, dishwashers, cruise vacations, and jewelries. All things that people tend to give up when they're watching their budget. People give up buying dishwashers when they're watching watching their budget? I I don't think that's what happens. They might give up buying a car or a cruise or jewelry. Of course, I agree with that. But a dishwasher, that's pretty necessary for most people. Um, I think people tend to buy that. If it breaks, they're going to get a dishwasher and not go on the cruise vacation if they have to. Uh, Or maybe as I'll get to later, maybe they're still doing both. And they're idiots for doing it. But we'll get to that in a minute. So continuing on. People hate inflation, just not enough to spend less. This is one of the central tensions of today's economy in which things are going great, yet everyone is miserable. And in some ways, Americans have nobody to blame but themselves. Now that, that's amazing. Like, That paragraph right there is just remarkable. Yes, people hate inflation. Of course they do. Just not enough to spend less. People hate inflation. Yes, they hate prices going up. But they also like to eat. They also have things they need to get. You also have to buy dishwashers. You also might have to buy a new car. You also might have to buy a new house. You might have to change apartments. You might have to do a bunch of different things. Yes, you don't like paying more money for it. Nobody likes paying more money for anything. Um, People are spending more for a couple different reasons I'll get to later. But one of the reasons is because they have to. There is not another choice um, other than cutting back drastically. Continuing on. Three years ago, the pandemic... Um, Gnarled supply chains around the world Leading to shortages Of many consumer goods At the same time, the American government Transferred roughly 1.8 trillion To households in the form of generous Unemployment insurance benefits It amped up child tax credit Stimulus checks And delayed or forgiven student loan payments Less supply, more demand It was a recipe for higher costs Yes, it was And let me stop everything right here Stop this train, stop everything Boop And that first sentence, three years ago, the pandemic, the pandemic. No, it wasn't the pandemic. It was lockdowns. It was lockdowns that threw a wrench in the supply chain around the world. It was lockdowns that screwed up the supply chain for years. It was lockdowns that ruined education for children for a year or longer and um, set off a lot of uh, behind learning uh, or, or really learning regression in uh in uh education throughout the united states and to a larger degree around the world especially in uh in more poor countries countries that don't have the resources so next sentence here at the same time the american government transferred roughly 1.8 trillion blah 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 through all those different things yes they did that of course they did yes that was a recipe for higher cost that's how it works so she understands like why prices are going up a little bit to a degree, um, but doesn't at the same time. I mean, the reason prices went up is because all that money was introduced into the system. When you introduce more money, a commodity, money is a commodity. When you introduce that into a system, you have more of something. When you expand the supply, the value of that commodity money goes down because there's more dollars chasing less goods. It's really pretty simple. And a lot of this money, as she said, was injected right into consumers' hands. And as we'll see later, partly that showed in really uh, escalating uh, savings rates and decreasing credit card balance rates for a short time. But that did not last very long. Um, You know, people were, I, I remember this time well. I got my stimulus check. I didn't turn it away. You know, you know, you can say what you want. You can call me a bad libertarian, a bad freedom lover for not mailing my stimulus check back. I took it and I saved it. And, uh, you know, I'm glad I did because we've needed we've needed some of that money. And uh, I think a lot of people probably squandered it. But anyway, continuing on. Costs really rose. Yes, they did. A dozen eggs went from $1.33 the summer after the pandemic hit. The price topped out at 483 last winter. Um I, I this the eggs are still ridiculously high. They haven't come down much at all where I live. I don't know. <coughs> last winter, they're still there. Gas prices have nearly tripled, still high. Used cars trading for as much as or more even the new cars. That's still happening. The cost of leasing an apartment surged, the cost of buying a house went up at more. The housing market is insane. If someone bought a house before the pandemic, did nothing, and they're sitting there today, some houses have doubled in value, depending on your market, for no reason other than just all of that money being injected into the into the market. More recently, prices have been driven up. See that this is this is where she goes totally, totally, uh, totally rogue here, and uh, and gets gets pretty off base. So starting over, more recently, prices have been driven up, if more slowly, by strong by the strong labor market. Um, I, I don't really agree with that. The unemployment rate is as low as it ever gets, and has been for some time. So the unemployment rate that, that that's a tricky statistic because it does not include all the people who've stopped looking for work, which is probably at the highest percentage that's ever ever been counted i don't have a a statistic on that but i should look that up um so there's a lot of people who just have stopped looking for work so there's labor shortages now so with labor shortages in a number of sectors air traffic control, education retail trucking police and public safety nursing plumbing and electric so a lot of the trades the tight labor market has forced employers to pay workers more boosting wages particularly at the lower end of the income spectrum it's absolutely true if you go to like uh Pennsylvania, we have Sheets gas stations, in Western PA, Eastern PA, you got Wawa gas stations. If you look like somebody working, like you you go to get a sandwich there or whatever, you look, we're hiring, you know, we're hiring, um, we're hiring a manager. We're hiring just somewhere to work here. They're paying like $18, $20 an hour for someone to make sandwiches at a Sheets, which is insane. Um, makes me want to go make sandwiches. Just kidding. I make more than that for not making sandwiches. Anyway, okay, so real hourly earnings for workers in the 10th percentile of wage distribution went up more than 8% in the past three and a half years. The Economist, The Economists, David Arthur, Ernjadat Earn, Doob, and Annie McGrew found I don't know who these people are, never heard of them. And average wages have grown faster than average prices. Um, that's just that that's that's ridiculous. Uh See, that's the thing with statistics is you can kind of make them say whatever you want them to, depending on like w- what they're sampling. So maybe if they're sample- sampling those lower, um, lower-paying jobs that have really gone up as a higher percentage of uh, of pay, than for you know more white-collar jobs like middle-manager jobs or you know office jobs, engineers, things like that, Th- those those jobs have have not gone up. Hardly at all over the past, uh, you know, three to four years. Uh, some yes, and I mean, depending on industry, you, you do see spikes in different industries and um, different technologies for sure. And I'm sure there's companies that are outliers, but overall, I don't think it's gone up a ton when compared to those lower valued trades. So I, I don't know what data they're picking here, but prices have definitely grown faster than wages. I don't. I don't think that should be in dispute. Uh, Sticker shock is real. And in surveys, people say that they are trading down because of cost pressures. But in fact, they're spending more than they ever have, even after accounting for higher prices. They're spending not just on necessities, but on fun stuff. Amusement parks, Uber Eats. Uber Eats is fun stuff now? I don't know. I will say this. People are getting Uber Eats too much. Stop being lazy. Cook your food. Stop being a bum. Go to the grocery store. Save money that way. Cook your own food. Stop getting Uber Eats every day. You're better than that. Continuing on. People just have a lot of money on hand. I don't think so. And I think we'll see this later. They don't. I'll show you a chart that shows it. More broadly, they seem to be less likely to change their purchasing habits in response to price shifts. Even when budgets are leaner, a raft... Of recent studies have found that American consumers have become less price sensitive in recent decades. I agree with this. Households are using fewer coupons. People are spending less time mulling over what to buy when they're shopping. Why? Maybe because of the prices of many consumer goods are higher than they were a few years back. Blah, blah, ba, da, da, da. Let's skip over here. Your grandparents might have gone to three different grocery stores to get the best deal. Blah, blah, blah. Yada, yada. Uh, It used to be much more common for one partner in a marriage to make the money and the other to raise the kids and spend the cash. Today, working age women are only a little less likely than men men to be employed, giving them less time and energy to pinch pennies. Um, So just a comment on that. I I agree with that. Yes, of course, it is more common now for women to be working. A lot of times they're making more um, than their male spouse. but you know, a big driver in that has been because people have had to because of exactly what we're talking about here, this deficit spending, this uh, monetary inflation, expanding the money supply, devaluing the worth of the dollar. And when you devalue the worth of the dollar, unless you're holding assets that are being inflated, inflated like homes or the stock market, real estate, land, um, Things like that, you're gonna, you're not, you're gonna get run over. You're not gonna, you're gonna get crushed um, if you're not doing that. So people are, you know, churning to keep up. They're running on the old hamster wheel. You got both, both husband and wife running on the hamster wheel, and they're paying uh, for daycare so little Jimmy and little Nancy can go be educated and go be breathed on by some germ filled, germ filled mutants in, in daycare and come home and get them sick. Shout out to Brian McWilliams. Um, but no, that's that, I'm not like criticize anyone. That's just like the reality of, of the world we live in today. That's what people have to do. Um, most people, um, there's other ways around it. My wife and I, you know, my wife does work in the home. I work from home as well, which is which is amazing and uh, highly recommended if you're able to do it. But you know, my wife did not go back to work in her job after she had our daughter um, eight years ago. So. And it wasn't easy it wasn't easy at all. Like we had to make a lot of sacrifice to be able to do that. And decisions that we'd made earlier, um, buying a house that was a fixer upper and you know fixing it up and building equity by doing that um, allowed us allowed us to do that, which can still be done um, in, even in today's market for sure. Any other comments on this? Let me see here. Did I have anything else? I think I think with comments ever later. OK, another theory. Consumers might have become more brand loyal. I think this is a stupid section. I'm going to skip it. Um, it should be good news that Americans are better off than they were pre-pandemic. There's no way Americans are better off than they were pre-pandemic. Um, it should be good news. That's me saying that in the article, continuing on in, in the article. It should be good news that people can afford more, even if prices are high. So, read this again. It should be good news that people can afford more, even if prices are high. So, you're assuming because people are spending more that they can afford it. That's the error she's making. That's her major error in this entire article. Um, continuing on. But then, why is everyone so mad about prices? Higher prices are just vexing, making people do mental math every time they shop. Economists point to other psychological factors too. People seem to think of their swelling bank accounts. Swelling bank accounts. Who has swelling bank accounts? Most people don't. Um, as a result of their own hard work, hard work, but consider cost increases, someone else's screw up. Nor do average consumers see inflation as something that might benefit them by, say, eating away at the value of their mortgage payments. People want to blame Joe Biden for their bills. They want to accuse stores of gouging them through evidence of greed. Inflation is scant. I agree with that. There's no greed here. These, I mean, I'm not corporate America does have greed for sure, but overall macro price inflation that's happening is not greed fueled. That it's not like all it's not like all of these corporations came together and decided to uh, to rip off the consumer. So we agree on this. Me and the author here. <clears throat> Continuing on, almost the end. The strange truth is that most people really are in a more comfortable position, even if they're not happy about it. It's not like a weak economy, stagnant wages, crummy consumer spending, and cheaper stuff would be better after all. Okay, let me, I I must have missed that line the first time I read it. I got to read, this is just a ridiculous thing to say. It's not like a weak economy, stagnant wages, crummy consumer spending, and cheaper stuff would be better after all. First of all, cheaper stuff would be better. And there is a point in here that I skipped where she talks about spending um, less on televisions. I'm not going to go back and find it. Uh, less on technology and televisions. Yeah, because technology has driven down prices. That's why everyone can have a cell phone in their pocket now with the computing power of a computer that when I was you know, five years old was a huge desktop computer. More, way more computing power than, uh, than that computer I had as a little kid. But so it's not necessarily weak. It's not like a weak economy. Stagnant wages and crummy consumer spending and cheaper stuff would be better. Yes, cheaper stuff would be better. I want cheaper stuff everywhere. Uh, crummy consumer spending. Well, I mean, consumer spending is going to be should be dictated by supply and demand and should not be such a uh, a, a macro picture. Um, if there is excess capital. You know that capital is going to be invested. Um, It's not not necessarily a a weak economy. Um, Stagnant wages, stagnant wages are fine uh, if you don't have inflation. If you don't have a Federal Reserve inflationary fueled bubble that is going to pop every you know eight to fifteen years or whatever it is, then stagnant wages are are not a problem, Um, especially if you have sound money. Um, you know, if you, if you have money that is backed by gold or silver or, or is gold or silver or potentially even Bitcoin, um, stagnant wages are fine, you know, because sure, over time in your own career, you want to work your way up your, your corporate ladder, or if you have a business, you want to grow your business and get a bigger market share. But this idea that wages should just always go up for everybody, this is tied to, um, like I was talking about at the beginning of this, that community note on Joe Biden's uh, tweet, where the Federal Reserve aims for 2% inflation. So this is why you can't have stagnant wages, because you got to keep up with the 2% inflation. Inflation gets out of hand like it was you know, the past, uh, past two years here, getting pretty ridiculous. And uh, companies have not kept up with that. And what has that caused? Well, I'm gonna show you on my screen right here. And this is something that the author of that article in the Atlantic totally missed. And that is total outstanding credit card balances. So if you're listening uh, on the audio here and not um, looking at the video, I'll talk through this chart I'm looking at. It's from, it goes from 1999 through 2023. Um, 1999, less than 500 billion in credit card debt. That goes up slowly over time. Kind of, what well, kind of increases pretty quickly up until like, uh, 2002 kind of levels off around, uh, 700 billion up until like 2006, boom, around the, the ramp up to the housing crisis. Things go way up to uh, about eight hundred seventy. Billion, something like that. Recession hits, comes back down. Uh, by the time you get to, uh, it looks like the bottom was in. Uh, I'm going to say 2013, 20 maybe early 2014. Then it starts to ramp back up, and you get to uh, when the pandemic, when the lockdowns hit, uh, they were at, uh credit card debt was at its its peak in that in this time frame. Um, up until that point in time, was over 900 billion. Pandemic hits, lockdowns hit, uh, smashes down as people stop traveling, start saving more money. Um, it gets back down below 800 billion and then just starts to freaking go up like crazy as you get into 2021, 2022, 2023, quarter three. And we are almost at um, 1.1 trillion 1.1 trillion dollars in uh, total outstanding credit card balances so the uh, American citizens are doing a great job of modeling after their government and deficit spending and having no idea how to uh, have fiscal control over their own um, homes over their own um, finances so that's I mean that that's that's where we are and this next chart is even more striking. So this is. Try to make this bigger. This is zero hedge. Oh, it's still kind of small. Uh, do, do, do. Let's see. Yeah. Okay. Um. It's it's big enough. That's what she said. <laughs> so if if we look at this here, this starts. This is really hard even for me to see. It starts in 2016. So in 2016. Uh, credit card debt is less than the uh, less than the personal savings rate. So the personal savings rate 20, uh, 2014 was just over I don't know we'll say seven and a half percent, and that stays pretty level around seven half eight percent all the way up until the uh, lockdowns hit. When the lockdowns hit. Personal savings rate crosses over the uh, the uh, credit card debt and goes all the way up to almost thirty five percent at one point. Comes down, then you have your stimulus pay- stimulus payments spiking, you know, spikes again in early twenty twenty one, spikes again um, couple uh, a quarter later in twenty twenty one, and then just drops off a cliff, man. Personal savings rate drop, drops, 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 drop, 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 drops, all the way down, and we are down below. We're at like, I think three point five percent is what that says. That is the personal savings rate. We're on the other hand, where we crossed again, the savings rate coming down and the credit card debt going up. That was in the middle of 2021, and it is just like I showed in the last graph. It has gone off like a rocket ship, up over one trillion dollars. So. You know, for this lady at the Atlantic to say that people are sitting on all this cash is just stupid. And you're just not looking at the data that is right in front of you. People are not better off. People are a lot worse off, man. And, you know, I, I, it's at the point, like, I don't know how people are getting by. And my fear is that, you know, I don't even, I don't know if we're going to have like a a traditional like recession depression, I think we're honestly entering into like a splitting of society into the haves and have nots Um, really like two, two different worlds Um, people who are taking care of their finances and are not going to massive credit card debt and are not buying, you know, $90,000 cars that they can't afford and $600,000 houses that they can't afford. And you know, living paycheck to paycheck, but not having the money to pay the bills. So running uh, they're up their credit card debt every single month, there's people doing that and that's going to blow up. And ultimately, uh, there's enough people doing that that I do think it will eventually happen where that bubble will burst and that bad debt has to be liquidated. Um, and it might be pretty soon, man. I mean, if you're looking at these charts, it's it, it's crazy. Uh it's it's pretty pretty out of hand. So I, I did, you know, I, I wanted to talk about that. I want to talk about inflation. I know people are struggling with it. Uh one thing that I always talk about, guys, you know, if you have a job, if you have one job, if you have a business, if you have one business, start something else, have a backup plan. Don't put all of your eggs in one basket. You know, if, if both, you know, if you're married, if your spouse is working, you're working. That's good. You have two incomes. That's a little bit of diversification. One of you loses your job, you still have the other one. But try to diversify even more than that. Um, learn a skill outside of you know what you typically do for a day job. Um, you know, get uncomfortable in that. Tr- especially try to learn something um, that is uh, applicable to making money on the internet, because. That's where everything's going, man. Especially if you can use AI to do it. Uh, if you can use, uh, yeah. If, if you can use, if you can use AI to do it. If you can use all of the tools that are that are out there, that just make it make it so much easier today to learn a new skill, um, to execute, and to make money than even like five years ago. It's it's absolutely crazy. So stretch yourself, you know try to find something to dabble in to, to make uh, to start another income stream. Um, as I've said before, you know, the aim, the, the aim for me is seven. And that's, I mean, that's kind of, kind of real, kind of not. Um, I, I've been up to seven income streams before, but at the same time, like some of those income streams just were not worth the time I was putting in. And, I was not making enough money to really warrant me even doing anything with it, so you know, I've cut some of those off and doubled down in others. And that's, I mean, that, that's what it's all about. It's what it's about in investing, and that's what it's about in uh, in making money is is finding the what works and doubling down on it. That's pretty pretty simple recipe. So we're we're up to forty two minutes, and you know, I had a couple other things <clears throat> I wanted to talk about, but to be honest with you, it is late here on monday night it's actually or secrets out of the bag i'm recording this it's now into monday morning it's past midnight so it's late i gotta get this posted um as i talked about at the beginning it's been a crazy weekend with the basement flooding and all that stuff um but i wanted to get you guys an episode today i am working on a guest for next week uh i don't want to tease it today because i'm not sure if it's going to work or not It might be two weeks from now but within the next couple weeks put it that way uh, i do want to uh, have a, a bitcoin episode really focusing on um bitcoin getting a sort of a state of the union of uh of where we are now uh we, the bitcoin price has been going up pretty steadily for quite a while now i'm not an expert in it i just buy it and uh and hold it that's essentially all i do um, I don't know. Diversification, right? Can't go wrong with diversification. But hopefully, you guys enjoyed this show. Hopefully, you're liking these solo shows. If you are, uh, shoot me an email, John at lions dot com, or you can reach out to me on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. My uh, Instagram and Twitter are at John Odermatt. You can uh, you can get me there. Also, guys, check us out on Rumble. Uh, we, our channel there. We're trying to grow as we are still shadow banned on youtube we have a huge following on youtube our videos don't get uh don't get many views so if you are someone who is a youtube person uh make sure that you hit the notification bell that is uh you know that they have on youtube to get notified so you actually get our episode and can see it i think that's how it works because otherwise it's just going out there and, and nobody's nobody's seeing it I don't know what the point of subscribing is if it doesn't push it out to people. I I don't, I don't get it. But the other thing you guys can do, if you like this show, if you like what Brian and I are doing uh, my show, of course, on Mondays, Brian's show on Wednesdays, our Friday show, me on Friday. Um, You can support us. What we're doing here by joining our pride, by joining our patron group. And we have, you know, a a Facebook group. We have, depending on what level you join at, we have some monthly calls where, uh, you know, you can talk with us and, and shoot the shit. Um, we have some some deals for merchandise, things like that. And uh, even at one level, you can even produce your own show. So check it out. Patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Lions of Liberty. Locals.com are the two choices. Either Patreon or Locals. I don't care which one you join. I just want you in the pride. because so I want to be your friend. And so does Brian. And uh, I, I, mean, I, I say that in a in a genuine way, in an authentic way. Um, if, if you've if you been listening to this show for a while and you've been like, oh, I don't know about joining the pride. I don't know about that. Just throw down five bucks for a couple months and, uh, and join the pride and see if you enjoy it. See if you enjoy the bonus content. We try to be really frequent with our bonus content. Um, Brian does a daily show almost every weekday. Uh, just a quick uh, quick hitting. You know, comedy news type show where he gets to a couple uh, quick topics. Uh, we have our um, Secrets, Lies, and Cover-Ups Conspiracy Show. Um, we'll do some extra um, questions with guests from time to time. We have Degenerate Gamblers, which is going to be winding down as we get into the playoffs and the Super Bowl and the bowl games. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll have more stuff coming up. Uh, Brian and I are going to be doing everything we can to make, I mean, uh, ever since we've had a podcast, ever since we've had a patron group, we've always wanted to make it worthwhile to join. And, you know, we're always looking at ways to enhance it. And I, you know, we'll look at some ways in the, in the new year in 2024 to, uh, to do that. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. I will see y'all next week. In the meantime, always remember to keep your head up and the fires of Liberty. Burn